Hi, welcome to the Meg Pearson podcast, Fertile at 40. I'm your host, Meg Pearson. After many health complications due to alcohol addiction and an eating disorder that ruled my world for close to 20 years, I was told I would never have children. At 38, I naturally and surprisingly fell pregnant and the transition from maiden to mother was wrought with love, grief, excitement, and healing. Becoming a mama was about far more than just soothing stitches and learning how to care for a tiny human. It was, and still is, a relearning of who I am and what I am truly capable of. After over two challenging years trying to conceive a second baby since, I gratefully and naturally conceived my second child just as I turned 41, after three losses and heaps of heartache. I am a doula in training, holistic chef, teacher of yoga, and a childbirth educator, and I am here to share my story because I know it's not just mine. Join me each week for unbiased convos with a no-bullshit approach to faith, infertility, conscious conception, and connected pregnancy, with birth stories, expert interviews, and personal anecdotes to help tell the story of creation. Welcome. Now let's do this. Welcome to this week's episode of Fertile at 40 podcast. I'm your host, Meg Pearson. I'm so happy to have you here. So... What kind of mother do you want to be? Well, I realize I get people from all walks of life listening to this podcast. Mothers, fathers, sisters, daughters, those that have chosen to never want to have children. I'm asking this question because today on the show, I'm speaking with Natalie Sager, an international book award winning author of Peaceful Mama, The Mind, Body, and baby connection. Natalie is a spiritual life coach, teacher, and meditative yogini passionate about holistic health, organic living, and honoring the divine. Today on the show, we talk about what inspired her and her co-author, Lindsay Ambrose, to write this much-needed book, and she also explains in detail what the mama moments actually are. Hint, it's an acronym for the framework of this conscious mothering manifesto. She also shares about her own journey and what she feels is missing when it comes to preparing mothers for an empowering journey into mattresses. Without further ado, here's today's episode. One last thing before we get into the conversation, I want to remind you that this podcast provides general information and discussion about natural medicine, health, pregnancy, and childbirth-related subjects. The content here should not be taken as medical advice, and the content here is for informational purposes only, and because each person is so unique, please consult with your healthcare professional for any medical questions. Now, on with the show. Here we are. Amazing to have you on the show, Natalie. Welcome, welcome. Thank you. I'm very excited to be here. So we were just discussing before I hit record that there isn't a lot that I want to cover and I want to keep the episode short, but then I went through a whole laundry list of things I want to talk about. (laughs) (laughs) So cool to have you here. As I mentioned in the intro, you are someone that I've, I, I, I met along our holistic journey and our paths. And, and you are, in fact, the author of an incredible book called Peaceful Mama that we are going to talk a lot about here today. But before we get into that, tell me right now in life, who are you and who do you help? Because I know you do a lot right now. Yeah. So right now I am... 40. I have two sons. One is going to be 10 and the other one's going to be seven. So I am a full-time mother as every mother is a full-time mother, regardless of what they're doing in the other time when they're not actively mothering. 
Um, I'm also a yoga instructor and a spiritual life coach. And as you said, I'm an author of the book, Peaceful Mama, The Mind, Body, and Beauty Connection. So right now I spend a lot of my time dancing between yoga, my clients as a result of yoga, my clients as a result of spiritual life coaching, and then my, my own children and nurturing myself, my own self-care and self-love practice is so unbelievably vital, which would really beautifully bridge into one of the reasons why my co-author Lindsay and I wrote this book is because the importance of taking care of yourself gets put to the wayside almost immediately come prenatal, come as soon as you're pregnant, all of a sudden your needs that are not in direct relation to baby's needs get put on the back burner. And it's kind of this, um, cultural construct that has happened over the evolution where the mother has just her requirements, desires, needs, and wants are no longer anywhere close to as important as taking care of the baby inside of us. And then once the baby is birthed into the world, that baby becomes the focal point, which is understandable, of course, because now we're responsible for this tiny human being. And, um, it's only natural, I would say, and, and well, natural and also now normalized that we do pay all that attention to baby and, and kind of neglect the mother, which ends up being, I don't know if we're allowed to curse on here, but a giant shit show. Oh yeah. We curse. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and a hundred percent agreed. It is a giant shit show. Yes. Yeah. 100%. <laughs> Well, and I think this is a really, I mean, I love that we're we're diving right into this concept because something that I, I believe deeply in, 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 in talking about more a lot and something that I'm going to be focusing a lot more on this podcast over the, over the months to come and something that I think just needs to be talked a lot more about and what women typically reach, have been reaching out to me for since I started working in, in this, in the, in this pregnancy mother, motherhood realm more is this idea of, of, of matricence, um, which is this, it's a powerful rite of passage that women move through when they become mothers and, and, or the birth of their children. And it is, it is probably one of the most impactful, powerful, and and also irreversible life stages that we go through, oh, yeah. you know, and it's, and it's like, it's <laughs> comparable to adolescence in, in a lot of ways, right? Like it's something we move through and it changes us wholly and completely. And, and there's no going back and no one really talks about that. And so I would love for you to just share briefly and you don't have to get too personal about it, but what was that experience like for you? And was that a big inspiration for you um, in writing this book? Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. So like I said earlier, it does feel like it has been normalized for us to neglect mother's needs and focus on baby's needs. And, you know, for our entire life until we were pregnant, it was all about us. Right. And then all of a sudden it's no longer about us. And so having to shift your mindset, shift your perspective, shift your values, your beliefs, shift everything really because you're going from this one version of yourself to an entirely new version of this self with zero preparation. Because everything you did up until that point did not prepare you for what was to come in motherhood or parenthood, right? Your entire existence has now changed. 
And yeah, there are plenty of books on at, you know, telling you about your step-by-step pregnancy, what's going on with the baby at three weeks, it's this, at six weeks, it's this, and now they've got arms and then they'll get legs and la, 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 la. So, but nothing really about the mental, emotional, um, even intellectual aspects of what the mother goes through during that time, just the physical, you know, what's going on in belly and body, but really everything else is kind of thrown to the wayside. So I had some, for me, of course, it's all, you know, perspective and personal, but for me, I had some a pretty traumatizing stuff go on with both of my births, not necessarily the birth, but with the babies, <laughs> with the children, once they came into the world and I, you know, I had babysat for many years. I love babies. I, I come, my mother is um, one of nine children. So I've got a ton of cousins and I was always, you know, drawn to the babies and to the littlest ones. And so I felt like, you know, I, I, I was ready as ready as someone could be to become a mother. And I did not feel that way. Once baby arrived, I felt completely ill-prepared and inadequate in many ways. And with a lack of support, because I was one of the first of my group of friends to have babies. You know, I'm very, very fortunate that my, my parents live close by and I had my mom and dad help me tremendously and my, my in-laws as well. Um, but, you know, for the vast majority of it, it's on you and it's your life that's shifting and changing. So there is this transition and that happens from the time that we get pregnant until we the first couple of years when you're getting into the groove of learning how to be a mother that, you know, is this phase, this rite of passage that you go through and to have a support system or to have some awareness of what's to come or how you can mentally and emotionally prepare for that is, um, priceless. Yeah. And I love what I love about your book also is that you talk about all of this. There is a chapter or a section about connecting with baby. But so much of this book is for mom and, and, and getting mom back, preparing mom, keeping mom in a state of connectedness, doing things for mom, because I mean, we can say it a million times over, like we can't take care of anyone unless we're taking care of ourselves. And yes, it's important to connect to our baby. And yes, there's so much, like I'm, I, I could talk for hours about conscious parenting and all of that, but it's so important that we stop as mothers always trying to to be doing the best for, for other people and really value more what's best for us. Oh and, yeah. Yeah. So let's talk about, let's talk about the book. Let's talk about the book. You, you were inspired through your own journeys, you and your, your co-author, Lindsay Ambrose. Um, you both had your own, the very beginning of the book, you go through the reasons why this book came to be, why you felt it was so important. And you were both inspired because you both were exploring um, a a practice together um, at different times. Can you tell me a little bit about what that was that inspired you? Yeah, absolutely. So Lindsay and I met, just a little quick intro about that. Lindsay and I met at a conference in Chicago and I had been very intuitively drawn to attend this conference. It was about a particular book that I had been reading called the miracle morning. And I remember um, just feeling a very loud and large calling to go to this particular conference. So I ended up going and one of the days they say, 
said, okay, partner with somebody that you haven't yet partnered with. And so I partnered with Lindsay and we were chatting and I come to find out that she has a podcast called Every Day, Every Mom. And it was talking about motherhood and the challenges that we all go through and the support that we could all uh, provide one another and the, you know, aha moments that come throughout the day of motherhood and, you know, all of this wonderful, um, like-hearted talks of conversation. And she said, okay, after this conference, would you like to be on my podcast? I said, absolutely. So she interviewed me for the podcast. We spoke for, I think like another two hours after the podcast. And during that time we were like, okay, we are very aligned and we were very eager to do something to expand our knowledge and to also share our um, experiences with as many people as wanted to listen. And so we decided to write this book together. And over the course of two years, she in Chicago, myself in Florida, over Google Docs, we created this book and we interviewed over 20 holistic healthcare practitioners, nurses, doulas, lactation consultants, naturopaths, homeopaths, um, psychologists, fitness professionals, you know, you name it, we interviewed them. And um, we spoke about our own personal experiences that we went through during preconception, prenatal, postpartum, the first couple of years. And we also drew upon the knowledge of each of these um, professionals to put together this manifesto of conscious motherhood, which really provides this framework, a toolbox that you can use throughout your day to help you find your own version of peace. Yeah. So, so, so incredible. And I love that. I love that you call it the manifesto of conscious motherhood because that's exactly 100% what it is. So in this book, inspired by your experiences, inspired by this, by the, the miracle morning, you guys, what you guys have done is you have created your very own framework and mm-hmm. it is really, really cool. It's something that you guys, you guys, you guys have coined as mama, <laughs> as I like to say it, mama with a A H, you know, at the end, like ah, mama moments, which I really, really love because this is what a lot of people need. They need to have it broken down into very clear and understandable and digestible um, and, um, steps. So can you talk to me and talk to our listeners about what these mama moments are? I mean, you can go in depth in the book, but let's break them down. What are these mama moments? What's included in that? What is, what is it? Okay. So mama is an acronym for movement, affirmations, mindfulness, abundance, health, and heart. Uh-huh. And so Lindsay and I dive deeper, obviously, into each of these different categories and speak about and share about how you can incorporate all of these or one of these at least one time a day, hopefully several times throughout the day to return you back to your peace, because it's inevitable. There are going to be conditions, environments, people, places, experiences from the outside that are going to influence how you feel on the inside. And when you are at home for for those first few months, or if you decide for that to be your full-time gig, um, you're constantly bombarded with the external. And knowing deep down that tiny little voice that we hear saying that you could respond more in alignment with your higher self 
or when tired, when fatigued, when exhausted, when cranky, when irritable, when lack of food, lack of sleep, lack of water, which is, you know, what happens in those early stages of motherhood, um, how easy it is to get pulled away from that center, from that little voice. And if you're able to practice the art of fishing, okay, fishing, you take out your reel, you attach to a thought that is not serving you and you bring it in and chuck it. And then you throw your reel back out. And this time you're going to choose one of the mama moments, right? You're going to choose movement and you're going to reel that in and you're going to say, I'm going to make sure that I take some time to move my fucking body today so that I can move my energy. Because once all of the energy starts to be moved within the physical body, it creates this ripple effect where we're cleansing, exhaling out, getting rid of all the angst, anxiety, frustration, you put in an adjective that you want to rid yourself or free yourself or eliminate yourself from and inhale a little bit more peace, inhale an affirmation, inhale a mantra that's going to chill you out enough that then when those external conditions arise, which again, they inevitably will, you then respond instead of react, right? Like react is react. Re in Latin is rea. It means to return to the origin of. So when we react, we are returning to the origin of that action. Baby cries, my reaction, sweating profusely, heart pounding, mind racing, can't possibly get to this baby fast enough, right? At least that was me. I'm going to speak for myself, okay? <laughs> that was me. And unfortunately at the time, but fortunately for the evolution that was as a result of said baby crying nonstop, I was forced to dive into the self-care, self-love, spiritual a spiritually connected world. Otherwise I would have drowned myself in the fucking pool because I had a baby who would not stop crying. And the pediatrician had the audacity to say to me that it was colic, which what the fuck is colic? Colic, in my opinion, is a bullshit term that doctors came up with because they don't know why baby is crying. And they say, well, around this time, the baby will grow out of colic. So what, I'm supposed to wait until the baby grows out, out of colic for, I'm going to lose my mind. So there's got to be a reason why baby's crying, right? I was already gluten-free. I talked, I'm giving you the short version. I spoke to a lactation consultant who suggested that I went dairy-free, which for me was like horrifying because I love cheese. That's like, my nightmare. Loved- <laughs> I mean, I was pregnant with, my first son and I was eating Chinese. It was just so funny because I don't eat this way at all, but I was eating Chinese food and I started crying because I wanted a glass of milk and we didn't have milk. (laughs) So just to give you an idea (laughs) as to how much I love dairy, right? So, but I would have done anything to help this baby stop crying. So I said, fine. And in my head, I thought, all right, I'm going to give this a go, but I am definitely not giving up dairy for life. Like that's not going to happen. Very similar thought that I had when I was back in my early twenties and quitting smoking cigarettes, where I said, 
well, maybe I'll quit smoking cigarettes. And then like in my sixties, I'll pick it up again or something like that. Right. (laughs) Zero logic. So I thought, all right, I'll give up dairy for a little bit. So I gave up dairy, baby stopped crying. I thought, well, this can't possibly be this mysterious colic. There is a direct connection between me not eating dairy and my baby now much more calm and relaxed. Obviously the baby is getting my breast milk. The breast milk is as a result of the food that I'm eating because the food turns into the blood, which turns into the milk, which turns into their nourishment, right? And so there was obviously an irritant that was affecting him that made him cry. So there's always a cause and an effect. It's not just something that magically appears, although I do believe in magic. That's not really what's going on in this particular scenario. So, um, yeah, I just went on a tangent. Pull me back. Yeah, well, you were you were saying that it was during that phase when you're when you're having your baby was crying all the time that you really realized that there was something else you needed to do in order to deal with it, right? And that's where a lot of this, where it came from. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. So let's talk about it. The, the, the acronym again, can you go over what, what it stands for and and maybe just touch on briefly what each of those um, represent, because some of them are kind of obvious. Other ones in the acronym are a little bit less so, so to just walk people through that. Sure. So movement, I think is pretty obvious. We'll start with that one. Um, movement can be going on a walk. It can be a, um, a yoga class, any sort of exercise, right? We can safely assume that everyone can incorporate some movement into their life that is different than just walking from their bedroom to their kitchen and sitting down at a desk all day, right? We need to incorporate a lot more movement for for those more sedentary lifestyles and incorporate more movement even for an active lifestyle. Uh, Because movement, as I said before, moves the energy. And when there's stagnation with energy, that's when we sit in a frequency that maybe isn't in alignment with where we really want to be. So that's the movement incorporation. Um, then we have affirmations. So affirmations could be as something that you create on your own or something that you've read somewhere that really resonates with you. A few examples could be, I follow my intuition. I am courageous and kind. I trust, I believe, I digest life with ease. That's one of my favorites. Um, I see through the eyes of love. I listen through ears of compassion. I am connected to source and the divine. So if you imagine, right, if you spend, they say, I think like 70 to 80% of your day are your thoughts on repeat from the day before, right? So you're just basically like going through the same cycle every day with a couple extra things thrown in just for shits and giggles. But predominantly, majority of the time, you're you're cycling through these thoughts. So if instead you could catch yourself on that hamster wheel, jump off for a second, and then we can go back to that fishing analogy, reach out for an affirmation that resonates with you during that time, right? I'm exactly where it is that I need to be. When we're feeling stressed out or anxious, that one is really good to pull you back into center. So practicing affirmations throughout the day. And listen, you could be doing it in the car while you're driving. It doesn't have to be this time that you're like, okay, I need 15 minutes to sit in my closet in a uh, lotus position and repeat affirmations. Not at all. Like we have to be practical here. How can I incorporate this into my already very busy schedule? 
Um, then we have mindfulness, which can I, can course- I just talk real brief, brief, yeah. briefly about affirmations? I just wanted to make a, a comment. I was flipping through the book again this morning and and I did not sleep well last night. I'm five and a half months pregnant, having the crazy dreams, not comfortable, hormone, hot flashes and all of that good stuff. And I was flipping through your book and I opened up to a page where there's an affirmation in, in, in quotes and it's and it reads, thank you for the seven hours of sleep. My body is amazing. <laughs> And seven hours of sleep is all I need to rejuvenate and wake up refreshed and ready to start today. And it and it, and I and it flipped for me because I woke up with a headache and I was like, "This is going to be hard. I have so much to do today. I feel so bad." And then I read that affirmation and I was like, "Yes, I need to awesome. stop thinking in my head that I need the nine or ten hours I've been getting. Right. The six and a half, seven that I managed to get solidly were great. So that affirmation, I mean, it was so." perfectly timed and so fitting. So thank you for that. Thank you, Peaceful Mama, for that reminder. Yeah, <laughs> absolutely. I'm a very, very um, structured person. I, I function much better in a structured, organized environment. And whether that's in my home or the way that I set up my you know, files or, or whatever it is, I just like everything in its place nice, neat, and tidy. And from that point, I feel like I'm able to think more clearly. Even as a child, I remember I made my bed every single day, but let's say for one day I I was rushing and I didn't make the bed. I would think to myself, wow, I I don't feel quite as um, clear headed and clear minded when my bed is messy, my thoughts are messy. And that's always been this, um, interesting correlation, but that's, you know, brings us into the whole mindfulness when we're mindful of the thought of oh shit i didn't get enough sleep tonight and i'm obsessed about the amount of time or the hours that i could have slept or should have slept or whatever that pulls us away from the point that first of all it's already in the past it's already gone and all we can do is change right now can't change what happened last night and so that mindfulness being aware of what it is that we can control versus what we're not able to control to um, decipher between what is true and what is our perception of truth and starting that conscious conversation in your head helps you to not only be more present with yourself, but then, you know, of course you're more present with baby, with child, with partner, with coworkers, with whomever, because the conscious parenting, conscious motherhood is really about a universal consciousness because when we ourselves are conscious and we're paying attention and we're, um, what, how else can you say it aside from being aware of the thoughts and the surroundings, then we all function more harmoniously. Yeah. Baby feels that energy. You're mindful of your thoughts. Then you're mindful of the energy. Baby receives that. Then we go into abundance. So that's more of a mindset, right? Coming from that oh my God, I only got three hours of sleep last night. I'm so freaking tired. How am I going to make it through the day? That would be a very lack mindset, right? Which is understandable. There's zero judgment on my my part, trust me. Just saying, sharing information that we could shift it just like you do a little light switch, just switch it from fuck, I only got three hours to, well, I got three hours. I got to make the most of it. You know, how am I going to make the most of this day and remind myself that it is actually a gift? And then the abundance goes into the abundance of gratitudes. What can I be thankful for? And retraining, reprogramming, reconditioning the mind and the patterns um, can be transformational. 
mm-hmm. for again, both you and baby and everyone that comes into your path. Um, and then we have health, making sure that we're taking care of the mental, the physical, the emotional health. Uh, I do speak quite a bit about the importance of healthy food, which I know you can very much appreciate <laughs> and how, how big of a role that plays on, again, our own vibration, our own digestion of life, not just food. Um, and then heart, how, you know, when we are able to shed the layers of self-judgment, self-analysis, self-deprecation, um, anything that we are projecting on the external, we know to be a reflection of what's going on internally, right? The practice of yoga, it can be a contemplative, introspective, discerning practice, which is why it's not just a practice that you do on your mat. It's a practice that you do as a lifestyle, you know, and consciously being able to bring yourself back to that place of heart where there's not so judgment of so much judgment of self so that then you are not judging other people. Then you are finding the oneness, the union, the unity. And all of those individual practices, like I said, are very practical that you can kind of weave throughout your day at whatever times. And um, we notice them not necessarily right away. Like with meditation, you don't necessarily notice it right away. But let's say a few hours after you meditate, you're confronted with um, an issue that someone's brought to your attention. You will respond instead of that reacting, going, you know, Raya, returning to the origin of the initial action. So the baby starts crying, you then react similarly. Instead, after that meditation, now we're in a place of response where we stop, we breathe, we pause, we think. And then we say or act. Yeah, so, so cool. And then you go on in the book and you really break down the process for, for mamas to on, about how to incorporate this into their into their life. And, and you go through a bit of a framework with it that includes reflecting and journaling. And, and, and again, all of the, the extra inf- information and backup from the excer- ep- experts that you've spoken to about all of these different things. So it's a really user-friendly book. And what I really love that it's, it's not a massive book either. No, so that's, no. This is what makes it super digestible as well. So, yeah. I mean, even if mother, a mother, like a, a, some, there's someone that doesn't have any sort of real practice in place in their life, this is really a brilliant book because it does really put it all out there. Really simple, step-by-step, and, and not overwhelming, which I think is key for mothers um, and, and new parents in general when they're, when they're going through this big life change. And one other thing that I want to speak to you about is there is, um, towards the end of the book, you do talk about the flexibility as well um, in incorporating the, the, the mama moments into your life. So can you talk just a little bit about that as well and why that's Yeah, important? you know, it's funny because um, incorporating flexibility of the mind in your everyday is crucial, especially when you are a new mother. Because for someone like I was talking, saying earlier, is that I, I thrive in a structured atmosphere. And when baby, when my first son Jonah was born, the structure went out the fucking window because he was on his own schedule. 
I could have had schedules for days, but, but none of those schedules were Jonah's schedule. And so I had to release that and surrender to release the control and surrender to the flexibility to say, okay, it doesn't need to be exactly like this, exactly like this, exactly like this. Um, I can be more flexible in my, my, um, my structure. And the same is applicable for each of these tools. Yeah. Wouldn't it be wonderful if you could do all six of those tools every single day at increments of every two hours? Yeah. I mean, for someone like me, that sounds fantastic. I've got a plan. I've got an alarm set. I'll be able to do it. It'll be great. That is not early motherhood. And really (laughs) many stages of motherhood, it's not like that. Um, But if you can make a promise to yourself that you're going to put yourself first and do at least one of them every day, right? You're brushing your teeth, hopefully. And honestly, we both know that in those early stages, sometimes you don't <laughs> have to brush your teeth every day. For days, but- for days go by and you're like, oh my God, I'm growing moss on my teeth. Oh God, yes. <laughs> so when you are once again, brushing your teeth on the daily and hopefully twice a day, you can incorporate affirmations then, you know, like I, I think that it's great to, when you're creating a new habit to attach it to an old habit. So brushing teeth. Okay. Every time I brush my teeth, I follow my intuition. I trust in the divine. As you're doing, you don't have to say it out loud. You can do it in your head, you know, and just have that be on repeat. Okay. So that was what, what started to seep into the subconscious and the conscious mind for reprogramming that day. That's different than the day before. And if you're consistent about it, then that consistency will, will result in a change. Yeah. 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 So cool. I love that tip. That's really, 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 really helpful one. And as you're saying, and I'm like, yeah, because I like rightly, I have not been giving myself the time. I mean, I'm pregnant with my second child and it's completely different than my first, as you know, there's no time to actually be present. Um, I took like 19 weeks before I took my first bump pick. Um, I'm lucky that I'm roll. I'm do roll out my yoga mat for 20 minutes every single day, but with, yeah, but yeah, it's super important, but things like my, my affirmation practice, I used to have my gratitude journal that I used before bed and it, you know, and I never, I've never taken the time for that because I'm so tired, but yeah, I have an electric toothbrush. That's two minutes of me buzzing my, buzz, exactly. buzzing my mouth. Perfect time to be doing my affirmation practice. So really, really useful, useful tips. So I would like to ask if there's anything else that you would like to share with the listeners about this, uh, about your book, about your philosophies, about this transition that I know a lot of people that are listening are are heading into, whether they're becoming first-time moms or next, um, second-time moms. And then we can talk just a little bit about how people can connect with you as well after this episode goes live. Yeah, totally. Um, So as we both have talked about quite a bit, that mother's... um, you know, our time has been shortened. The time that we have for ourselves has has been shortened. And as a result of that, sitting and reading a book is sometimes not very practical. But our book is actually also on audio. So now we've we've tried to um, make it more available for new moms, whatever, to have access to this uh, manifesto. And what's really cool about the audiobook is that my very dear friends, um, Kathleen and John, they have a company that works with frequency infused music. And so the frequency infused music ch- changes 
you on a cellular level and they have different um, soundtracks for anxiety, depression, Alzheimer's, whatever disease is going on in the body. It's really spectacular. And so the one that we have in the background of our audiobook is called Safe and Sound. Mm. So it's a very grounding piece of music. So as you're listening to Lindsay and myself uh, narrate the book, you're also receiving the transformational benefits of cellular healing through high-frequency music. So that's pretty cool. And you can listen in the car. You can listen while you're folding laundry. You can listen, you know, there's many times that we can just like multitask because we're doing something that doesn't need our full attention, you know? Super cool. Super cool. Yeah. 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 We have that. And then uh, I have a package called the Nourishment for Your Soul Package, which is really a beautiful compilation of self care, self love. videos and audios to help nourish your mind, your body, and your soul. So there are videos and audios on breath work, pranayama, guided meditations, information about chakras, and then yoga, yoga for pregnancy, yoga for upper body, lower body, 90 minute vinyasa classes, gentle. Yin. I mean, there's everything. It is, it is really quite um, comprehensive package and that's available on my website, the modern So it gives you the, um, you know, if you don't feel like that, if you don't feel like if you don't have the opportunity to go to a studio and take a yoga class, you've got this in your back pocket and your phone. You know, if you need a 15 minute guided meditation at night and you don't feel like searching through YouTube and finding this and this and this, it's all right there. If you need a few moments of pranayama of breath work, it's all in there. So just trying to help provide more tools than what the book is able to offer you, right? That's more of like an outline of things and information for you to take with you. And then what is it that you can do actively is through that, that particular package. Yeah. So that's the application, the guided, guided application of it all. Right. (laughs) Exactly. So tell us again, what was your website? Um, The modern hippie, H-I-P-P-I-E, mama, M-A-M-A.com. So I've got the modern hippie mama.com. And then my book, you know, is peacefulmamas.com. That's the book. Um, and then Instagram. I, I'm not so much a Facebook there. I do have a Facebook page for both the modern hippie mama and peaceful mamas, but neither Lindsay or, or I are particular fans of social media. Um, so we, we're not so much on that to be completely honest with you. If you wanted to get in touch with me, you'll get a much quicker response via instant messenger on, um, Instagram. Beautiful. And what's your handle on Instagram at the modern hippie mama. Beautiful. Easy, 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 easy. Yeah. All right. So, so great. And of course I'm going to have links to all of that in the show notes. So it'll be super, super easy for everyone. So great speaking with you. Thank you so much for sharing. Thank you so much for sharing a copy of your book. This was, and I didn't even mention this, um, that you had gifted this to me a while back when you're, when we, when we saw each other down here in Costa Rica. So I was excited when I started leafing through it to have you on the show. So thank you for taking the time today. My pleasure. Thank you so, so, so much. This was so much fun. Thanks so much for listening. 
Please, if you would be so kind, I would be grateful if you could share, subscribe, rate, and review the show. Please follow the show over on Instagram at Fertile at 40 Podcast and share what you thought about this week's episode. Don't forget to tag us. For more info on today's show, please head on over to the podcast website at meganpearson.ca forward slash podcast. Until next time. 